Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit. Still Episode love that name. Three. Still love the name, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got some feedback on the name. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, in one of the discords that I posted it. I, I said, "Oh yeah, there you go. There's episode two. And the, the, the feedback wasn't on the episode itself. Just, it was just on, on the name, name. <laughs> which was all good. So you know, yeah. That that means that means we did good, Justin. I think we, we did, did the right thing. <laughs> So this is episode three. Mm-hmm. You know, third date. You know what that means? Hey. Yeah, I have shaved my legs. So, time for me to show you what's under the covers. Oh, can't <laughs> wait! <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, so I've I've been three D printing some more stuff. Um, I've been because obviously, uh, as I said in in the last episode, I had I got my new three D printer. Um, so I've been firing that basically non-stop since it arrived. <laughs> um, I've now got a frame and the first layer of a ship printed. Um, it's currently printing now, again, while we're recording um, in the other room. Uh, I'm printing a bunch of um, like wood, like wooden rope bridges and stuff like that, um, which will make the sort of dungeon crawly cave crawling things a bit more fun because you've got those little like suspension rope bridges okay you can put yeah. between like you know rock features and stuff like that which would be pretty cool um and yeah just kind of been i had had a few people around um the other night to put the new new table uh to the test how did it go it really well it went really well um so we didn't run a session or anything because it was basically, it was very last minute. Um, I was literally sitting at home with nothing to do. I dropped them a, a message like, hey, are you guys free? And they're like, yes. And I was like, do you want to come around and we can test the stuff out? And they're like, yes. Um, so what we did was we loaded up a, I got like a, uh, like a, essentially a map of like a Coliseum type arena. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we all just built 10th level uh, characters and had some fun uh, we just kind of you know we i had 11 sort of glad- gladiatorial combaty type creatures um that came with my loot studio package um which is a coliseum themed um so i basically we had 11 of them in there so we just rolled a d12 and we fought that creature one-on-one um and we basically just went through those um where essentially the way we ran it was after each fight, you'd get all your spell slots and stuff back, but you wouldn't heal any hit points just to kind of see who could last the longest. Um, and then when we got right to the end and we'd gone through all the creatures, we had a little bit of a, a four-way free-for-all in the middle of the Coliseum. It was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Cool. I mean, that sound, that does sound like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's, good. it's a good way of testing out the new equipment. And, you know, if how was the, the, um, the response to that? Was it positive? Oh, they loved it. They all loved it. Um, one one of my players actually works in like a a window uh, fitting company. Uh, so he's actually taking measurements of the screen, and he's going to get me some perspex uh, cut for it, so we can actually protect the screen as well. Which was on That's... my list of things to do, but I hadn't really wanted to price it up or anything because I know perspex can be quite expensive. But he's going to sort me out. So oh, that's wise. That's definitely wise. <laughs> And scratch the TV to fuck. Yes, uh, especially like you know you got the the plastic bases and stuff like that on your minis and things like that. It it could cause damage very quickly. Yeah. Um, especially like even if you'd like drop something like accidentally. Um, especially with like some of the bigger terrain pieces I've got, 
like like the ship, for example, if I was to drop that ship on there, that's going to cause some damage. Um, but yeah, so the Perspex will hopefully protect it a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, the, it was a resounding success. Everybody loved it. Um, and it worked really well because you can even link up, uh, like, it, so I, I got to experiment a little bit more with that software um, that I mentioned that's going to be kind of running the TV for me. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because you can even put things like background music into it and things like that. So it, and then obviously because it's running through a TV, TV's got speakers in it. So it's playing out the TV and everything. I don't have to worry about having like those atmospheric sounds playing on a third device over there. And it just kind of centralizes everything a little bit for me, which is quite nice. Cool. I mean, that, that does actually sound really awesome. And yeah, I'm glad it's kind of working out for you. Mm. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I haven't really been up to much. Um, <laughs> you know, I only played one of my games this week. I wasn't feeling massively great for the game yesterday, but you know, pretty pretty standard played mm. a game killed a character that so, sounds about right sounds yeah about right. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was uh <laughs> i don't think i'm the most popular gm <laughs> in the world oh, i right wouldn't now. say that you're one of my favorite gms uh, thank you sweetheart um but yeah was... I've, I've only really played with like four gms so it doesn't really <laughs> say much but hey, you're in uh... you're in the top four <laughs> I will take that. I will take that and wear it like a badge of honor. No, I'd say you're comf comfortably one or two. I would say that's where oh, you sit. One I, or two. I mean, that, that really warms the my cold, dead heart. <laughs> so, yeah, the character died. And I kind of, I feel worse about it because I kind of called it on the show. <laughs> and was, I it, also, was it at least a glorious death? It was. It was. That's all right then. That's all right then. <laughs> Um, let's just say that certain decisions were made by the party mm -hmm. that didn't kind of go in their favor. <laughs> and yeah, there was a, a definite casualty. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I also, I also called it during the game as well, that someone was going to die. <laughs> so it makes it seem like I did it on purpose. Although you say that, but you 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 threaten killing a character every single session, if memory it, serves. That is my logic. It, every it's... single every <laughs> single session I run, I will make a quip about killing some character. It, it, it's like your opening line when you sit down. It's like you sit down, get everything out, start. Right, let's kill some characters. Yeah, I mean, even in the even in the society games where you know. <laughs> They're just okay so how's everyone doing i'm gonna be your gm um i hope you're attached to your characters because some of you are gonna die it's gonna make the loss even harsher <laughs> so you know but you know then i kind of wonder why i get this reputation <laughs> <laughs> can't can't imagine why it's it's a mystery it really is i think what hit them hit them the hardest was the character that died was trying to rescue an NPC at the time. And I was Ooh, like, Oh, brutal. brutal. And it was an go. area of effect that, that kind of ultimately oh. put, put the character down. It's like, <laughs> Oh Jesus, I hope the NPC doesn't die. <laughs> You're worried about the wrong one. <laughs> I, I was worried about my NPC. No, I know I meant them. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, so that, that's what happened this week. <laughs> But, you know, we play these games for this reason. We play these games in order to to kill characters and watch our friends hate you for a bit. 
see i've i've never really got upset when i've had a character death because 99 percent of the time when i've had a character die it's because i did something that led to it so i i can't really feel bad like one of my most recent character deaths um was my one of my half orc barbarians right no it was a goliath barbarian it's not a lie um and his his whole thing was that he he had been essentially called uh weak by his clan um and then he lost a fight so then he like proved he was weak essentially by doing that so he was out in the world to try and prove that he wasn't weak and whilst in a cave somebody in the party opened a door in the cave and behind the door was another cave like on the other side of the mountain essentially um that had trolls in it now the player that opened the door saw that there were three trolls we were like second level or first level maybe third level we're very early on in our career basically uh but when he ran away and ran past us all he shouted was troll singular now of course this <laughs> goliath barbarian went troll trolls are strong beating a troll would prove i'm strong so he ran the other way and went charging through this door um and into the hands of three trolls and the rest of the party went nope <laughs> so he died <laughs> you know I, I, I can't be angry that's what he would have done in that situation and the rest of the party did exactly what they should have done in that situation but it was quite funny though because they all felt horrible after was like i'm so sorry but we just couldn't i was like no you guys did fine that's exactly what you should have done you should not go running into a room with three trolls he's just a moron and that's what he would do it's fine i don't care that you let him die and they just couldn't they just kept on like oh but 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 no 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 you're good <laughs> like he deserved to die for that <laughs> i i had something i mean i won't say similar because it wasn't stupidity that, <laughs> <laughs> that did it, but uh one of the the pathfinder conventions i was i was playing at um mm. i didn't i mentioned it in a, in last episode that i had a bard who died in literally the first room of a dungeon <laughs> yes and it, i walked in and i think it was fighting a cup some oozes or something and they fucked me mm. the dice weren't going in my favor yeah and it was I, pathfinder, I feel that pathfinder first edition where a few unlucky dice rolls are enough uh, to do yeah. and, and it died and he died and you know it kind of sucked that I was going to spend the next few hours just sat at the table with nothing to do. But it was everyone else was coming up to me and kind of going, "You all right?" Like, <laughs> "Yes, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine." It's not exactly like it's a campaign character. Yes, it is a you know, it's a it's a society character which is built for a series of one shots. So yeah, you know that I found it hard to have that sort of same emotional attachment hmm. but they help kind of pull together and you know spend some of their own resources just to resurrect me <laughs> and it was like you didn't like honestly you genuinely did not have to do that it's appreciated it really is but it's like you know i kind of felt bad for them you know <laughs> but you know that's it's it's a game at the end of the day and I think, characters I think, are going to die yeah but I, I think also as well though like that that experience that we both had just kind of highlights one of the reasons that i think we both kind of love this whole community as well is because even something like that where 
we we didn't really care in that situation they still like both both of these different groups right they still kind of felt the need to feel bad for that happening um and that that's kind of one of the things i really like about you know this whole community is that there are those good eggs out there that just care that you're having fun and that you're not not enjoying it if that makes sense yeah and i think it's it the good eggs certainly outweigh the bad eggs in this yes in this absolutely hobby. It, um yeah. don't get me wrong there are some proper dicks out there. i mean yeah but you're gonna get that in anything let's be honest but it's the balance of it is is so one-sided towards yeah. like the the inclusivity and the mm. the the friendliness and yeah, the openness exactly that yeah and which is when i'm i'm dealing with new players and there's a bit of apprehension of i don't know how to it's like just come along come along uh, yeah and I, let it's... people know that you are new to this let people know that yeah. this is your first time and you will find an almost overwhelming amount of support mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing. It's something that I don't really encounter that often anymore. No, I think it's it's in. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still gatekeepers out there in this community. Mm. Like they exist, but I I genuinely feel like it's one of the least gate kept communities. In, you know that that I've ever come across. Um, you know, it, it's one of the few places where, like you say, if you tell people, "Hey, I'm new. I don't really understand this." they will go out of their way to teach you and help you and help you find the way that works for you um and i just think that's that's really really cool really really cool yeah it's it's something that i try and carry forward as well mm. um whenever i encounter a new player or yeah. or anything like that it's you know, we we are here to kind of shepherd this. The these, next generation. I would say next generation. Been, we've only been doing it eight years. Dude. I don't think we've got the right to talk like that right now. Well, no, we are the next generation. We're we part are of the them. Next we are the current generation. Yeah. And I'm not ready to hand over the mantle just yet. So you know. But you say gonna... that we've been doing it for eight years, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we still consider ourselves really new but at the same time we're also really not <laughs> yeah i mean for me it, it genuinely does seem like yesterday was the first time i read yeah the, i read the pathfinder cool. yeah. <laughs> it does feel so recent but then i kind of look at it and kind of go right not only am i constantly gming mm -hmm. I'm designing my own maps. I've mm -hmm. got a fucking podcast. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a Pathfinder adventure agent for the city yeah. that we live in. Uh, and yeah, that, those eight years, let's just say they've been somewhat productive. Do, do you know what I think it is? I think the reason that we, because I, I was actually thinking about this today, because um, I, I was actually talking to somebody um, today about D&D and stuff like that. Um, and I think the reason that I still feel like I'm very new to this hobby is it's not because obviously you've got some people who have been playing it for 20, 30, 40 years. It's not because of just how long they've been around and you know, and we're a drop in the ocean to that or anything like that. I, I genuinely think it's because to this day, eight years in, I still, every time I go through one of the, the you know, the core rule books or uh, one of the, the supplements since or anything like that or any of the new like books that are about, 
I'm always looking at going, huh, I never thought of doing something that way before. And th there's always that new way of looking at things. Yeah, I I totally agree. And this is something that, that until I kind of stepped away from being the the Pathfinder fanboy <laughs> that I was when I, when I initially started. No comment. To trying out other systems mm. and like very different systems as well it's yeah. not like i went from pathfinder to dnd it was i went from pathfinder to fucking rollmaster <laughs> or pathfinder to traveler and all these mm. systems which were insanely different and seeing the mechanics that were put in place by these other systems has helped me in my pathfinder games yeah kind of bring some of those elements along even if it's just in spirit yeah. yeah and and it's it's a learning experience and we're always going to be learning because there's always going to be new systems to play yeah uh, and I, th I think that's that's what kind of helps keep things fresh is uh, unless you do you know like me to a degree where i've since obviously starting in Pathfinder and then moving across to 5e, I've been very one system focused. Uh, we've discussed this already, and it's something that I'm looking to branch out of, um, you know, the, this year and, and next, definitely, um, and kind of experiment with a few new systems like like you've been doing as well. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that the, that's never going to be not an option. You're never going to run out of systems to learn or to try or to to find something that fits you, you know? Um, and I think that that is the key is, is finding, finding something that fits you well and that you feel comfortable in. And even then there's just no end to what you can learn and what you can accomplish with, with that as well, which is really, really cool. Agreed. It's, it, it, there is such a wide, um, sort of selection. Yeah, and even in the systems themselves, there are like multiple subsystems. Mm. I mean, I've mentioned it multiple times, but the cipher system. Yeah, you know, it's a system. It's not a setting. So within cipher, you can play Vert, which is a cyberpunk sort of um, setting with virtual reality elements. Yeah. Then there's I'm trying to remember the names of these and memory <laughs> isn't my greatest asset. Cool. I think there's Gods of the Fallen or something along those lines where you play basically prototype gods in yeah. a world where the original gods that have, have fallen. Sounds pretty cool actually. <laughs> it actually it really does. I'm 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 contemplating well, I mean, the, it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, like a, a similar thing to that that I've I've played a few different variations on is uh, like the age system. So like Fantasy Age, uh, mm. Titan's Grave was built using it as well. Um, Dragon Age, the like that like t tabletop version was built using that system as well. Which is also like it's something that again that we touched on in in the first episode about you know. Uh, games that are accessible for for younger people as well yeah i feel like any of the age systems and i don't know why i didn't think of this at the time um would be really good because it is literally just 3d6 that's all okay need. the whole game runs on 3d6 hmm. um and let, let's be honest like 3d6 is something that everybody has in their house like 
you think about how many board games like just standard board games people have like monopoly and stuff like that that have like a d6 in them you can just scrape three d6 together and you can play this system like it's very very simple yeah um and yeah so that is something that i i was just thinking about when you were saying about the you know one kind of rule set branching out across different systems and and game styles and things like that and that's definitely one because you know titan's grave i I don't know if you've ever seen titan's grave Um, no i don't i don't think i have it was really really cool um it was like a cyberpunky type system um that uh, and we've mentioned him quite a few times on this podcast already that will wheaton was actually doing a series on um where he was doing like a play through with it um, and it was, I've I've played it. It's a really really cool system, um, and it was really really interesting because it just kind of it brings an element that I haven't really experienced much of um, to the table, which was really cool. But yeah, the age system is similar in that regard. That it, it kind of there's so many different pies in that particular oven that you could just just with the age system you can experience everything. It's really cool. I'll have to check that out. Mm. Um, so this is a bit of an awkward one for us because we're actually <laughs> going to have to do some work yeah i mean episode one we had scott on that filled a chunk of time it did <laughs> episode it two we were going back and forth about the name so that filled a chunk of time yep this one we've actually had to you know kind of have a discussion during the week and kind of be go, on the yeah, internet yeah what what the <laughs> fuck are we going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing we we don't have anything to lean on this week (laughs) we don't have a crutch (laughs) oh man it's it's shocking um yep so i did have a look and um kind of went through some of some of the news that's come about and Mm -hmm. i picked pick four things that we can quickly go over yes we're not going to really delve too deep into them because we are far from being an authority but maybe (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe we can discuss a couple of things about them and yeah. and just kind of see where that lands us. Um, mm-hmm. So the first bit of news was something that popped up on my... Oh, let's bring it up. No, something that popped up on one of my Facebook feeds, and it was that once once it actually decides to load... <laughs> because my internet has decided it's going to be shit for a bit. I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, this this was actually quite big, this, this news. And mm. is the first draft of the Orc license um, was released on April the 7th for public uh, mm. public comment. Yes. So for those of you who somehow don't know, um, when Wizards of the Coast did their, um, how to put this delicately? (laughs) Their thing. We'll just go with the thing. They they did their thing and they said their thing. People will know. And the the whole community went, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know. When Wizards of the Coast, let's just say, showed their true colours, um, there was a lot of response. There was a lot of backlash, and and different sort of entities and companies in this in this hobby 
responded in different ways. And mm-hmm. Paizo, along with a multitude of different publishers, came out and basically said, you know what? We're going to do our own license. Um, it's going to be essentially what the OGL was was meant to be. And yeah. it's not going to be owned by anyone. It's going to be irrevocable. And, you know, and they actually have produced the the sort of first draft of it, which, you know, I've, I've gone over, but I I don't really... I don't really kind of speak the right language to to understand the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, we're not lawyers. No, and <laughs> that actually reminds me of a comment I saw on the post, and it was some dude going, oh, oh it's it's too wordy and it's full of legal speak. It's like, well, it's a it's legal almost document. like it's a legal document. Yeah, fucking that. doorstop. Funny that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how, how dare that how dare that legal document be full of legal technical terms <laughs> how dare it yeah you know, this whole this, this holy text is a bit preachy for my liking <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something that one of your characters would say yeah true it would be. <laughs> this kid's book is a bit too immature <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound like something your characters would say no no definitely not I'd be like, this, is awesome. this kid's book is spot on <laughs> this kid's book rocks you should read it <laughs> That's that's fuck it. That's what I would say. Let alone yeah, no. characters do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it has been released, and you know, just kind of read breezing over the the, the comments. Um, there was some division with some people going, "Why didn't you go with Creative Commons? Why didn't you go hmm. with this?" Again, not really my place to comment because I've got <laughs> no fucking clue. Yep. Um, but I, I think it was it's definitely interesting to me because the positive that's come out of this whole debacle is that it is kind of loosened the the hold that Wizards of the Coast had on the hobby. Mm. You know, one of my pet peeves is when people equate tabletop role playing to D and D. When people say, "Oh, we're going to play D and D," and they're playing fucking powered by the apocalypse it's like no you're not playing dnd you're playing a tabletop role-playing game yeah see for me the the same thing i have a similar thing but with uh and it, and this is because of a company that i used to work for uh but a big thing in in the uk is people calling vacuum cleaners hoovers I, mm, oh yeah. that pissed that pisses me off I'm like that, no that's a brand name um because i used to work for a competitor of theirs and that was something that would get you fired if you called them hoovers <laughs> um could you could you just get away with it by calling them schmoovers <laughs> <laughs> this is a schmoover it moves the shit around your house <laughs> and, there you go there you go dude i think we actually came up with a fucking brand name for i think we just did yeah we just did yeah uh, write it down let's, let's i've yeah <laughs> schmoovers Coming soon to uh coming coming schmoon to a market stall near you. <laughs> to a white van near you. <laughs> <laughs> to a dodgy white van. But yeah, uh back to the topic of hand, because I can hear our all our listeners going, that's that's not tabletop related. Um I no, I agree. Like it it is something even as a DD player, because I am a DD player, right? Um, and I say that in the truest sense of the word, because I pretty much exclusively play D D. 
Um, it, it bugs me as well when people are like, oh, yeah, I play D&D. And then I'm like, oh, do you play 5e? And they're like, oh, no, I play some other system that isn't d and I'm like, well, then you don't play d and Some of the arguments <laughs> that I've heard in, in when I've brought it up and I've kind of winced at someone saying, oh, we're going to go play d and It's like, no, you're playing fucking Pathfinder. <laughs> um, oh. some, of, some of the arguments is, oh, because that's easier to explain. Look, don't make it easy to explain. Yeah. Make it correct. Yeah. You know, I hate to be pedantic, but explain oh, something see. right the first time around. Like, that's the thing, though. I, I don't see that as being pedantic. I see that as just being factual, right? Yeah. But then again, I am labeled a very pedantic person by most of our friends. Uh, me. And you as well. I yeah. call you pedantic. You do call me pedantic. <laughs> but I mean, okay. I am pedantic. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I am a very pedantic person. But that's why I hate when people use the word pedantic wrong. But that's just me being pedantic. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I recognize the irony in that. Um... <laughs> so that was one thing. Another company that kind of responded to the OGL debacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring up my notes again. So, I mean, at least at least I had that kind of semi-prepared. Um, was it Cobalt Press? Um, yes. Big, big player in this industry. Yes. Um, it's done so much third-party content for 5e, third-party content for Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, very good, very good. Very, very good stuff, well. yeah. Their response to the whole OGL thing was, right, we're going to develop our own system. Yes. Which they initially referred to as Project Black Flag. Which, in of itself, great fucking name. Yeah. You know, if you want to spark interest in something, Project Black Flag will definitely get me... That that all, yeah, I'm going to click that link. Oh, yeah, 100%. So they have now um, given it an official title. And again, these guys naming shit are are very good. (laughs) Tales of the Valiant. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, it it does create that response, doesn't it? It does. Ooh, ooh, I'm I'm intrigued at that. Um, Yeah, Tales of the Valiant. Um, From what I gather... I think they are kind of sticking to the 5e rule set. Yes, from what I could read on that as well. Because um, I, 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 before I, I didn't read about the, the latest thing with them coming up with the name, but I did read about it back in like, I think it was back in like February sort of time. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it, by the sounds of it, I think they're trying to keep 5e, like they're, they're embracing the sort of 5e mechanics as, as at its core. Um, but making improvements that the the player base has been crying out for and stuff as well. Hmm. Um, so it looks like it's going to be a, a best of both worlds situation where we get the five E goodness that us five E players love, but maybe some of the other elements that people like yourself who aren't too keen on five E uh, might give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I'd, uh, I mean, just for the name alone. Oh, absolutely! That, I'm going to be giving that, that a go. That is already. Yeah. Yeah. got me reaching for my wallet yes like where where is it where's that card gone <laughs> but yeah where did i leave my debit card <laughs> yeah. i may have hidden it for some reason i don't know why like, 
what is my PayPal login? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just Tales of the Valiant. I mean, that, that is, is a, a good name. It's a very good fucking name. Do, do you know? Uh, do you know? Do you know who we should have got to name the podcast? Them. <laughs> yeah, but would they have come up with too legit to crit? No, probably not. And uh, the 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 name that's got overwhelming response yeah more no, than yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. show itself so yep that's true people yeah. like the name more than the show they so. say don't judge a book by its cover but please please, please judge it, this one by the cover judge not this one the by the cover not the, the content shit we know that if you've already listened this far <laughs> fair play but <laughs> <laughs> seek help <laughs> uh, yeah it, we peaked at naming this fucking thing after that it's just gone downhill <laughs> oh it was downhill were literally uh, like shot up and then downhill that was it yeah we, we, yeah. Once we got the name it's like so we're done here yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay let me have a look what else have we got this is one that will be of interest to you as well mm -hmm. the free league the yes the, the gaming company that just seems to smash out award after award after award um they are bringing their one ring game to mm. 5e yes which i think is bold i think that's a that's quite a bold move especially because they're the system that they normally use which i think it's year zero or something along those lines mm. um it's very different it's a very different system um so yeah they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of adaptation to to turn it into 5e i look forward to playing it i bet you are and do you know what i find <laughs> you know what i find quite interesting mm -hmm. is that um the tolkien estate yep owns the name hobbit yes so that's why in in our sort of gaming games yeah, it's you know, halfling. It's and... halfling and... and... Yeah, so, yeah. But with this, they're kind of bringing hobbits back to the game. Yay! You know, we're it's gonna... which... We're going to have hobbits. We're going to have hobbits. Hobbitses. Hobbitses. So, yeah, I think that's actually quite interesting. And, and you know, I wish them all the best. Mm. Well, I will definitely be picking that up uh, and either running slash playing, depending on whether I can find someone else to run it um because let's be honest if you can find somebody else to run you do um, <laughs> um so yeah i mean I'm, obviously you know once i've got a bit hands-on with it i will probably be talking about it on here quite a lot yeah i mean lord of the rings for me is one of those properties where love the book wasn't massively sold on the movies <laughs> and i know People are sharpening their pitforks, pitchforks as I say yep. that. Yep, yep, but, yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm currently reading the the Hobbit with my with my boy, and we will then go on to Lord of the Rings and go through the book again. So mm -hmm. is I am interested. I am interested to to see how the the game plays out because I've not actually tried the 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 Year Zero version yet. Yeah. I mean, well, what we could do then is once that is done and out, you are more than welcome to come sit at my table and play it. I will definitely take you up on that. Done. And okay, so another bit of news. 
Yes. If I can find out where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> there it is more Paizo news. Yes. Uh, as soon as I find it. <laughs> as you can tell, we are very, very prepared oh, here, folks. We are, we are fucking professionals. Top-notch production right here. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> um, I'll just... Um, Paizo has partnered with Alchemy RPG, mm-hmm. which I have only just started looking into since the announcement, and it is another virtual tabletop. Um, I don't know how it differs from from Foundry, which is what I'm used to um, yeah. playing on, or even Roll20 20 20. or anything mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, they seem to be quite excited about it. So I have actually created an account for Alchemy. And as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to give it a go. If it's something worth talking about, I, we probably will. Yeah. You know, we, we can't even if it's shit. not something worth talking about, yeah. we're probably going to talk about it. Yeah, because drag it on for an hour because we need shit absolutely. to talk about. Absolutely. Speaking of which, questions. Send us fucking questions. Yes, all the questions. Give us work to do, for fuck's sake. Yes. <laughs> Stop making us do work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that is that is the kind of news that, that we... Our, our news roundup. Yeah. So... Which, this... speaking of questions... Yes. See that little transition there that was smooth. That. Segue. That is a that, segue. That was a clean whole. segue. I was, I was um, in one place and all of a sudden I'm in another. Like, exactly. Oh, how? how did that happen? Um, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I I do with character creation. Um, because I know that it's it's something that I've always struggled with, and I know that you know that I've always struggled with it mm-hmm. when creating characters. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one out there that struggles with this sort of thing uh, with character creation is the core mechanics of games i always pick up really quick right the the math side of things and mm-hmm. how the interactions work and all that sort of thing uh mechanically i always pick up very quickly the parts i've always struggled with is creating a character and, and really getting into the mindset of that character mm. right it's something that i've and and even just writing stuff that's not like the cliched oh this is uh Dave, their parents died when he was six, and then he was raised in this, you know, that classic cliche rogue backstory that, you know, that everybody has done at some point, I'm sure. You know, somebody uh, <laughs> somebody right now is listening to this it's whilst going, typing wow, up a backstory and kind of goes, called out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but even then, right, even if I wrote those sort of, those, those cliched stories that everybody has seen or has done or, all those sorts of things i would always still struggle to to react the way that they would or um think about how they would interact with this particular person or that particular person or in this situation um so what i've kind of developed over the last you know eight years that we've we've been doing this is some questions that i ask not myself but i ask the character as such like it's kind of like an interview that i give to the character once i've built them out mechanically and kind of got the concept in my head right what i want them to be kind of um just to kind of help me get into their headspace so it's uh i mean how many questions does it give me a sec one two three four five seven eight nine it's only nine questions right fair enough 
Um, and it's just kind of stuff that just helps me in those RP scenarios to to be them rather than me. Yeah. Um, so the first one is, what do they want? Like okay. just in in life, what do they want? What is their not like their their like driving force, but something that is something that they would quite like, you know. Um, the next one is okay, their driving right. Let, force. Let's let's just back this up a second. I think yes. Let's make let's turn this into an activity. All right. Let's um, do it. I'm thinking of one of my characters. Right. Okay. Cool. I so, will answer what... those questions. And do let's you want do to know it. my character? Do you want me to tell you about my character, or do you want me um, to just answer? Let, let, let's go with the character name, race, and <laughs> class. <laughs> the let's do name. that. Okay. And then we'll go through the questions All and right. we'll see how fleshed out that character sounds by the end of it. All right. So bear in mind, this is a society character that I've put mm -hmm. together. Um, but his name is John Bovey. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right. He is an, uh, a human. He is a human with Asimar heritage. Interesting. Um, and he is a bard with the gunslinger archetype. <laughs> love it and, and and what does he want he wants fame again okay he was he was famous back in his in his home country of taldor mm -hmm. and he just kind of disappeared off the map so he was he was famous in the 80s sort of thing <laughs> 80s early 90s and then now he's trying to make vanished. his comeback now, in, yeah, he's trying to make his comeback in a different sort of way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. And what does he need? He needs recognition. Right. He definitely needs recognition. Um, when I introduce him to, to like, because when you're in a society game, you you introduce your characters because you've never played with some of these people before. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll get one of them. I'll just get a piece of paper and kind of go, what's your name? And I'll basically write and do an autograph for them. <laughs> and like to my biggest fan, John Bowie, <laughs> and I'll just hand them the piece of paper. <laughs> I love that. Um, right. And then uh, just, just some personality traits. So just, okay. just, I, I normally try and write down like, just three or four personality traits uh, that they would have. Delusional. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, arrogant. Mm -hmm. Narcissistic. Perfect. So me, uh, basically. <laughs> uh, the, the next one, this this is the, the big one for me. Uh, these next two are okay. the ones that really help me a lot is how do they think? So like when they're approaching a problem, what is their thought process? Oh, that's a good. Oh, yeah, you're actually going to yeah, think. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, they would probably think like their solution would be the correct one, even it if would, it's wrong. It's right, but they're they're never wrong. Exactly. You know, that's, you okay. know, this I is like what it. we should do, sort of thing. Mm, okay. And then the, the next one, very similar sort of uh, vein is, how do they feel? So, like, what, what kind of, you know how, like, some people are just uh, naturally more angry and aggressive, right? Mm. 
Yeah. Some people are naturally more kind of calm and, and docile. So what is their like kind of natural state and how quickly do they switch between them? His natural state is, is the celebrity persona. Mm-hmm. So that has become his, his natural Him. state. So it's right. always quite upbeat. It's always quite empowering to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, whether he kind of feels that really himself, but that is nine times out of 10, how are you going to find him? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. The next one, uh, a couple of big events from their life. A couple of big events was probably... When he headlined Reading back in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something along the lines of like yeah. a big concert that he big, yeah big big show um, he did. that was probably one of them um the day uh, he the, lost it all would probably be another day, one yeah the day that that he realized that yeah that his fame had gone and he didn't he, it's not like he lost it in a heartbeat yeah it he was just, kind of like a gradual kind of woke up one day and kind of went huh <laughs> well that sucks <laughs> um but it was. So, he went into a coffee shop and like they asked for his name, and he was like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> no. What's your name? I need it for the cup. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was that was it, that realization. Um, okay. I think there was probably at some point some, you know, battle with substance abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Getting clean was, was yeah. a big step for him. Maybe that's where he was been, and that's why he's got to come back and, and make his comeback. Yeah, I mean, he was gone for too long while he was getting clean. Yeah, that's it. Um, right. Any quirks that they might have? Um, he's very particular about mm. his appearance. He appears dishevelled, oh. but it's done on purpose. Right. And anything that kind of interferes with that status quo kind of throws him. Mm. Okay. Uh, This next one is one of my favorites. Any pet peeves that they have? People not recognizing him. 100. That is... I had a feeling that's where you're going. Like, (laughs) you know, people people not recognizing him (laughs) or not liking his music because, Mm -hmm. fuck it, it's John Bovey. Everybody likes John Bovey. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like this this last one you've actually kind of already answered uh, just by his personality and things like that. And that's what I kind of love about this is by the time you get to this one, this question becomes dead simple. Are they an introvert or an extrovert? Easy. Yeah. Extrovert yeah. all the way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which is very unlike me. <laughs> but those are the nine questions that I kind of ask of every character that I create. Um because it just kind of it helps you very very quickly realize who they are what they're about and and how they would react in a certain situation like myself for example personally when i get to the how they think question i think very logically right i've got a very logical thought process for things so nine times out of ten that's the bit where i'm gonna have to go out of my comfort zone right is is that how they think element because unless i'm playing something like a wizard right because wizards, that's like they're very logical beings. They've they study this magic art that they do, and all you know, it's all very learned and all that sort of thing. Unless I'm playing a character like that, I've got to think differently. So I, I that that then becomes a sticking point for me. Um, like you said about 
you know, that character being an extrovert, which is the opposite of you, that would then become something you then know, okay, I'm going to have to focus really hard on being extroverted when I'm in character, right? And it kind of, it not only helps you kind of get into the mindset of how this this person or this you know being thinks and, and acts, but it also highlights to you, well, that's different to me. So those are the bits I need to focus on when I'm being in character. Um, like if, if like their quirks are something that you personally struggle with, then that's going to be a bit easy. Like if, for example, let's say um, you are somebody that, that has a, a stutter, for example, right? Yeah. Just, just as an example, and you write a character who also has a stutter, then that's going to be something that's a bit, easier to to do because it's going to kind of happen naturally um whereas if i do it i've then got to consciously whenever i'm talking character think okay i need to at some point stumble over words and stumble over this and, yeah and things like that um but it just again it, it just kind of helps you get into the right right frame of mind to be that yeah. person no definitely i definitely like it and it's something i would i would encourage my my players mm. to do because for me building building characters is quite a simple process mm. i'll think of a concept and i will think of something that at the very least amuses me yeah even if it's in a silly name or, or something like that <laughs> but that in itself gets me sort of excited and it gets me invested in this yeah. character and invested in in what this character will do and what they will kind of bring to the table. Um, whereas I do know players who, who struggle a bit more. And what I have done in the past is when I've spoken to a player, I've basically told them to think of a song mm. and imagine it was some sort of walkout music yeah. to your character. And that helps you envision said character. So you yeah. know you want to build a fighter, right? Okay, so what sort of walkout music would that fighter have? And you go ahead and you pick a song. You'll be really surprised of as to how much of your character comes together just with that simple thought process. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Character creation is without a doubt the backbone to yeah. this hobby and mm -hmm. regardless of what system you play you're going to need a character and the more you can get invested in that character the 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 more fun you're going to have at the table and the more fun the table is going to have with you so yeah if your exercise helps you which mm -hmm. i'm sure it will and i'm sure it will help many yeah. people out there who have similar I sort of issues so. <laughs> then yeah i'm i'm all for that and to be honest i might actually steal that idea and <laughs> um for my next campaign present it to my players and just kind of go mm. answer that yeah i mean it's something that i i've honestly thought about doing is getting like a uh printing up like a an actual kind of questionnaire sheet right with those questions on it or similar questions maybe wording them slightly differently or, or whatever, right? Um, and just kind of handing it out as part of that session zero because it 
not only helps them get more acquainted with their character, but lets you get more acquainted with their characters as well. Because let's be honest, right? If especially if you're homebrewing your whole campaign, right? Tying in those like big events from that character there or that character there is a lot easier if you've got them on paper in front of you, um, written the way that they want it expressed, right? It's not you making a note of something that they said because as we've all experienced in, in this hobby is the notes you take aren't necessarily how it happened. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, it's, I think that's again, something that you, you actually taught me very, very early on um, when we were doing the skulls and shackles campaign is you got us to recap instead of you recapping. Yeah. Because you wanted to see how we remembered it, not how you remembered it. Yeah. And that's something that on more than one occasion I've played off yeah exactly seeing because how you recall if if we remembered that we got away scot-free you could be like well i know for a fact you fucking didn't <laughs> <laughs> which means we're not expecting that sneak attack to come because we think we got away clean right but not only that um it's also changed the direction of the story sometimes exactly yeah because i've i've presented you with with something and you guys have done it. We've had the encounter or we've had the, the scene, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then in the next episode, I've listened to you guys recap it. I'm kind of gone, oh, shit, they understood it like that. Yeah. Well, okay, that kind of works. Yeah, and exactly that. you just kind of make those little modifications. Mm. And I think if you get their sort of uh, rather – and again, also, it means that they're not writing you like a, a 20-page fucking – novel for their character's backstory which let's be honest most dms if you write them a 20 page backstory but like, yeah that's great they're not going to read it no i'm i'm not going to sit down and do 20 pages of homework on your character it's not happening you give me a page i might read it <laughs> i mean i to be honest i was that player you know i know <laughs> I, I was that player that, okay i'm building a character here's four pages about how they did this and how they did that and everything. Here's four pages on ages one through three. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, I basically made up places, I made up people, mm. I made up yeah. like, this whole thing. And this was way before I GM'd. This was, yeah. like, first character shit. And <laughs> even, even when I began GMing, I would be quite adamant. All right, I need you to give me a backstory for your characters. And I very quickly found out that it's a bit of a pointless endeavor Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'll get these pages and pages and pages. Whereas I had more fun with the people that were, I won't say vague, but gave me very broad brush strokes. Yeah. And said, okay, so yeah, this is my character. They grew up here. I imagine something happened to their parents and we went adventuring. Yeah. During the course of the campaign, I have then kind of revisited that and kind of gone, so let's let's talk about your parents. Yeah. Let's talk about them. Let's kind of flesh this out a bit. And I've and it's been a lot easier for me to cherry pick. Exactly. You know, as opposed and... to going through this wall of text and kind of going, Oh, what was that fucking name again that you oh, mentioned yeah. who, 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 and... was, who was that best friend at school like what was his fucking name like and again that, that's why i think having something like this right like a little questionnaire that they just fill in as their character essentially right yeah 
you can stick that in your DM notes, right? And then if you need to know about, uh, oh, that best friend that they had a falling out at the school, it's going to be in their big events. Yeah, exactly. And, and when it and comes... you just got these perfect little things laid out that you can then re reference when you need to. Yeah, and and not only that, but it can can also prompt a a conversation with the player. Exactly. Not necessarily to give anything away, but just to kind of go, look, I'm I'm thinking about doing something with your character. I'm thinking about tying them in somehow. Um, yeah. This this part of your backstory, this period, you know, can we look into fleshing that out a bit? Here's exactly. my thoughts. And you kind yeah. of go back and forth with, with your player to, yeah. to create um, a compelling narrative mm. for the campaign as a whole. And it also gives the player a sense of ownership. That's exactly this, the word I was about to say. You know, yeah. the, this, part of, <laughs> this part of the campaign is, is me. Yeah, it, it's, it's for them. They've shaped that. I mean, the current um, arc that I'm running, the whole murder mystery thing, is taking mm. place in a city that it was frequented massively by one of my one of my players characters yeah he his character has is essentially a diplomat so i basically went right okay i want to do something in your city i want to do something in there and you know let's just talk to me and i asked him questions about you know what do you think he did there you know here's the structure of the government where do you think he he kind of fitted, you know, the mm. questions that I was asking was, were very vague, yeah. but at the same time, I'm writing feverishly. So essentially I made his office a fantasy copy of the West Wing, <laughs> you know, all the characters that he interacts with, they're all based on a character from the West Wing which I'm currently watching and thoroughly enjoying. <laughs> so it kind of works out well, but yeah, that wouldn't have happened without my player's input. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I do, I do agree that, that getting into the mindset of the character is important. And I think that that exercise that, that you've brought to the table today is, mm. is a very good way to do that. Oh, glad you liked it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I liked playing that game as well. That was cool. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's something, you know, it, it's something that I really like with it as well, because it, it also kind of in doing that, because I've had some character concepts where I think it's a really cool character, but once I've gone through this exercise, I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. So maybe I'll bench that character because I don't think it's going to fit well with this campaign or this, mm. you know, this setting or whatever. Right. So during that session zero, obviously, you know, everyone uses their session zero for different things, right? Um, what I've always kind of used it for is kind of to set the tone, set expectations, um, and kind of let people know what not only what they're expecting of me, but what I'm expecting of them, right? Yeah. Um, so after that, if I go through this questionnaire and go, I don't think that character is going to meet those, then I'm not going to play that character in that setting because it's not right. And I'll try and either rework it. Maybe if I, oh, maybe if I tweak this or change that, it'll work. Or if it's just not going to work at all, and I don't want to change what I've got because I really like the concept and the character. Yeah. Then I'll, I'll bench that character and save it for another session. I mean, my my D and D Beyond, I've got, <laughs> I've got so many characters in there that I haven't played yet, um, just because I, I'm waiting for the right 
setting to play them in, you know? Um, and once I found, once I find it, then they're going to slow in. I mean, I've got, uh, what's that? Uh, nine, 12, 15, 15 characters benched ready to go. <laughs> oh, only 15. Uh, no, no, those aren't those are the ones I haven't deleted. All oh, right, because <laughs> I make like thirty characters a day. <laughs> because when because when I kind of first got my hands on Hero Love Pathfinder First Edition, it was it was nonstop. Oh yeah, and yeah it yeah, was. Not. I mean, it wasn't only creating the characters that I actually genuinely wanted to play. It was <laughs> let me see what I can do with this shit. Yeah, yeah. Let me well, see I mean, if that, I can that's, build that's how a lot of them happen. Cloud yeah. from Final <laughs> Fantasy. And I've done that. Couch was building Sephiroth. It did it. Yeah, he did Sephiroth. And yeah, he also yeah, did built Tifa, Sephiroth. Didn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, um, yeah, so I, I've built a few video game characters. Um, I've built <laughs> Kirito. I've built and played Kirito. Nice. Um, I think that was actually in Pathfinder. I, I built and played Kirito. Um, and then in the the role playing group um, that Scott back in episode one spoke about, um, that we've got the role playing society in in, in and around here. Um, I played uh, that. I think that's actually where I played Kirito was in that. That's fair. In a, in a game there, because what what's really nice with with that whole uh, society, right, is the way that they work is they they work on cycles. Yeah. So uh, a cycle is essentially four four weeks. Mm-hmm. Now you can have a one cycle game, a two cycle game, three cycle game. I think they they go the most they'll do is like four cycles. Yeah. Um, for your game. But what it means is basically every four weeks, there's a new game to hop into. So, you know, you can play a, a game of 5e, and they're not all 5e. Like, they'll play, they'll bring different systems oh, no, to the table yeah, and all um, that sort of thing, which is really cool. Yeah, I know the person running it, and he yeah. is, he, he does like a multitude of, of systems. Yeah. Um, um, the only reason I don't go is because I already run a game on a Wednesday. Yeah, well, I mean, the only reason I don't go is I don't have Wednesdays free. Um, I don't have every Wednesday free, I only have every other yeah. Wednesday free. Uh, which is why I don't go anymore. But I used to love it when I went. It was so much fun. Um, but it is, yeah, it's just the ability to to hop in, you know, for a couple of weeks and then, oh, okay, that system's over or that game's over, whatever. Uh, oh, that system looks pretty fun. I'll hop into that one. Or, And then you, you do also have some of those campaigns that just run a little bit longer and it's just really cool. Um, and it, it's also where I first tried my ham- hand at uh, DMing. I wrote a short homebrew campaign uh, that ran for a couple of weeks. And it was a lot of fun. It is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get, I've been a GM so much now that I struggle <laughs> to go back to playing. <laughs> oh, see, I still love, I still prefer playing. Um, like, I like GMing, but there's, I don't know, there's just something about being the player and, and throwing that monkey wrench into plans. And you can see when you do it as well. I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I find <laughs> that when I'm when I'm a player, I've mm. got a lot of free time that I kind yeah. of don't know what yeah. to do with myself. So <laughs> you know, I've, being a GM, like every round of combat, I need to be paying attention to what everybody's doing and what I'm going to do, and and kind of plan out my my sort of next move, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when I'm a player, I'm literally focusing on on <laughs> on one character. So I've got. Yeah you know, just this extra amount of time while everybody's taking their turns going, now, now, just, now just, just do. do what I'm doing. Play two characters at once. <laughs> yeah, but for that, I might as well just carry on GMing. 
Well, well, that's what I'm doing in my current game. I'm playing two characters at the same time. I'm playing uh, my my wild magic barbarian and uh, my twilight cleric. So yeah, I get I get two turns in every combat. So struggling to get into the <laughs> mindset of one character was bad enough, but now you're going to do it in two. Well, it, it was actually a lot easier with these two because one of them is just an absolute moron. So I just get to be myself. Um, <laughs> and the other one is uh, basically, so my, my, my cleric, uh, he's a halfling cleric uh, of the Twilight Domain. He's former military and he just refers to everyone as a child. Um, he just talks down to everyone as if they're a child. He refers to them as children um treats them like children and if they start getting snippy at him he just doesn't heal them that sounds like um, my sort of character yeah oh he's great i love him <laughs> and like what and this is the best bit like if they've if they're being like shitty to him and he's not healing them as like to teach them a lesson when they get down then he brings them back up his his go-to is and what did we learn <laughs> and if they don't answer correctly he lets them get downed again and then he brings them back and what did we learn and so they give him the right answer, and then he saves them. <laughs> I like that. I do like that concept. That's he's great. I love fun. him. Yeah. He also uh, he's wearing a ring of mind shielding that's inhabited by a tiefling that he was adventuring with um, prior to this campaign. Uh, who the tiefling that inhabits it is actually run by one of the other players. Right. Um, so we have a WhatsApp group similar to the the Giant Speak group that we had in oh, yeah. our first campaign. So we've got a WhatsApp chat, which is basically me, this player, and the DM, um, where they would just send me random messages. And this is messages that are happening in the character's head, because obviously you can hear the person that inhabits the ring. They're, they have a telepathic link to you. Yeah. Right? Well, so while he's just out doing stuff, uh, this holy man who is part, who, who's in, in, a, in a party with a Celestial, so one of the party members is an Asimar, right? Uh, who is actually run by the same person who runs the tiefling that's in his head. Mm. So he's walking around with a literal angel on one side of him and a demon in his head. <laughs> it's it's just top tier because like whenever the angel says anything, shortly after I'll get a message on that WhatsApp of the the like demon saying like, "Well, this fucking angel's up his own ass or whatever." <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's top tier. I love it. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a really cool cool character to play. I'm having a lot of fun with him. Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we go to a question yes let's let's take a question let's, why not okay so we got one this week and it does kind of harken back to a question that we got asked for our first episode okay um it just um kind of it'll you know it kind of furthers the conversation slightly interesting and that question is what is the easiest way to introduce children to fantasy tabletop role-playing games. And that is asked um, by Derek from here in town. Ah, oh, well, that's a very good question, Derek. So the, the way that I've kind of done it in the past is I will get them, I'll get them creating characters, just creating a boatload of characters because one of the big things with creating characters is you roll a load of dice, right? Mm. Which let's be honest, Rolling dice is 99% of the reason that we play this game. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the noises the clicky clacks make is what makes us happy. <laughs> um, Maybe but no, like it, sometimes it's, a bit too happy. 
Exactly. Unless you're me, in which case the noises the clicky clacks make make me sad because I know it's going to be bad. Um, but no, so I, I've the way I've done it in the past um, with um, my my ex's son when we were together because he was getting to that age where he was starting to be interested in it. Um, and obviously I, I played, um, my ex played and a lot of our friends did. So he was always kind of saw it happening. Um, so I just sat down with him a couple of times and said, Hey, do you want to build some characters with me? Like I'm building some characters. Do you want to sit down and build some of your own? And I just took him through character creation, you know, like, Oh, these are some of the races you can have. These are, and just kind of sat, sat him down and just went through some of the options and, and, let them kind of just have that freedom to explore um and you know play around with stuff and experiment and see how it turns out or what kind of concepts they can come up with um and that seemed to do really well like they they really enjoyed that um and i actually still have their first characters that they made that's um, sweet yeah he, he made his first character he made was a Oh, what was it? It was a wizard. I think it was a half-elf wizard. Because he wanted to not be human, but he wanted to still have a little bit of human left in him. That's fair. I thought that was a really cool concept. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he made a half-elf wizard. Um, and the stats were bonkers. Like I yeah, he rolled insane for his stats. <laughs> uh, I think his lowest stat was like 15. I was like, nobody's gonna believe that you rolled that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like 15, 16, 17, 17, 17, 18. <laughs> like it was stupid. <laughs> um beginner's luck and all that, I guess. Um but yeah, I, I would say that that would be a, a really good way is just find find a system that you're comfortable with as well, because it's gonna allow you to be flexible with them as well because if you know it really well you know what can and can't be done yeah um so i would say yeah find a system that you're comfortable with and then get them creating in that space so just building characters mm. and creating their own little ideas and stuff from there and then uh once you've got them to that point where they're kind of invested in one of those characters they've built run them through a one shot yeah i mean i thought it's i've never actually thought of that and that is a really good sort of idea that's uh yeah i definitely i'll definitely try that with with mm. with my kids um my answer to the question to be honest is you don't have to do much <laughs> i mean kids are predisposed to be um Creative. To, rocks. <laughs> to be no, to be creative, to be <laughs> no, imaginative. Know, yeah. To use our imagination. And yeah. you know, as parents and you know, maybe not necessarily just parents, encourage that. We we encourage. We encourage mm. that and we encourage it in multiple ways. You know, we give them paper to draw pictures on, we you know, and and stuff like that. So what I did with, with my with my son was we just started with an adventure there was no mm. dice there was no random event there was no there was no nothing left to chance yeah. but it was an adventure and it was okay so what do you think you're looking for oh we're, we're trying to find the dragon balls cool 
All right. <laughs> so where do you want to go first? Oh, I want to go over here. Planet I Namek. Go, yeah, I want to go see. <laughs> I want to go see Piccolo, and it's like, right, okay, you see Piccolo, and we interacted. We did this whole thing where I was mm. Piccolo. He was his character, who was a ninja. And, nice. You know, there was no no pulling dice. It was just a back and forth conversation, mm. and then. Like I like we discussed in episode one, we we tried it with dice. We tried the um, the cipher based system. No, thank you, evil. Yes, which is fantastic. You know, it is really good for kids, and he he absolutely loved it. But that same sort of spark of imagination was still there. Yeah, you know, and the only difference was it was given limitations at that point. Yeah. It was like, I want to do this. You can't do that because you are currently being grabbed. Oh, okay. I want to do this instead. Yeah. All right. Roll the dice then. Let's see what happens. And he, he thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, we're going to be playing again soon. Um, yeah. So, I mean, something that you touched on there that I, I kind of wanted to just uh, bring a bit more attention to is the, the imagination side of things um kids like you say kids are just way more imaginative than most adults right because we get to a certain point in our lives where imagination doesn't get like drummed out of you but it gets overtaken by other things right we we start thinking more logically because we need to for work or for uni or for, for various different things unless you're going into like a creative profession um so kids are going to just be a lot more inclined to get involved with the story side of things because those are the bits that are going to come very naturally to them like almost every kid universally loves stories right my my daughter right she loves me to sit down and read her a story um and those kind of that element i feel kids are going to be a lot more inclined to gravitate towards um and then, like I think, your approach of bringing the me the mechanics in later is a good good method as well. Yeah, I think I think we actually answered that quite <laughs> quite maturely. And um, right, <laughs> it's weird on. for me. Well, I, <laughs> I think I'm sick. <laughs> so we don't have any more questions. However, mm -hmm. I did find something that I thought might be fun as a last Ooh. little okay close to the show. Um, okay, now. I don't know how real this is, but <laughs> this is a question that um, appeared on one of my Facebook feeds, and I've tracked it down to its source. And right. it's something that appeared um, on on Reddit. Oh, by that's dangerous. Somebody called Natty Bo Ace on there. Okay, and I thought we'd we could. Treat it. it, yeah. We could treat it <laughs> at face value as if okay. it was a legitimate question because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so it's doubly worrying. <laughs> My players won't play unless they are shirtless. Yes, I read this as it's, well. It's uncomfortable, and I don't know how to stop it. I read this as well. Yes, this is. <laughs> So I have been playing this homebrew campaign in a sort of Conan the Barbarian setting. 
Most of my players are barbarians. It's been a blast, but at some point, one of my players said it's time to get serious during a tough encounter and took off their shirt while screaming in rage. They proceeded to roll a nat 20 to the shock of everyone. Then yep. one by one, they all just got really hyped and started taking off their shirts screaming. They ended up winning the encounter. It was a funny moment, but ever since then, they have been calling themselves the Beef Brigade, <laughs> refusing to play with shirts on. I mean, it's cool that they want to get in character, but I don't really like this. Uh, every, yeah, it's every time I tell them to not take off their shirts, they get upset. They all start to flex and tell me things like, "You can't stifle the beef." <laughs> Or call me bad beef. I just don't know what to do or how to stop this. If anyone has dealt with a similar situation, <laughs> I would love some advice. See, it's one of those things where if, if this is real, one, amazing. I love it. It's brilliant. Um, at the same time, if somebody's not comfortable with something at the table, it, it really should be nipped in the bud right mm -hmm. because something that we, we we say it all the time everyone is there to have fun yeah. and if one person isn't having fun especially if it's the dm it it, it kind of kills that for them and they're not going to want to play anymore so and obviously if your dms doesn't want to if your dm doesn't want to play anymore you don't have a game anymore unless somebody else steps up to the plate yeah um so I think it's, I think for what it was at the time, really cool moment, everybody getting, you know, hyped and everything like that. Brilliant. But every joke runs its course. Yeah. Right. And I think this one's run its course and maybe they need to realize that. Well, I think that is a very well thought out and, <laughs> um, you know, serious, honest answer. So... Yeah, here's my You're going to go the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to kind of go on a couple of assumptions because obviously, hmm. A, we don't know if this is real. B, we don't know anything about this person or no. their table. Yep. So the assumptions I'm going to make is, A, it is real. Mm -hmm. And the other assumption is, B, it is a close group of friends that know each other very well. And yeah. I think that, you know, although your advice is 100% sound, um, I do believe that when people are that close as friends, I do think there is a lot of wiggle room to, you know, oh, yeah. the comfort zones. Yeah. And and thirdly, you know, I, I don't see why people taking their shirts off would be uncomfortable. But then again, I grew up in Spain. For six months a year, it's hard to find. <laughs> Everyone's that. got their shirts. I mean, it, it could also be because, again, we're making a lot of assumptions here, but there is also the possibility that it may be all the players are uh, maybe male and the DM is female and it's making her uncomfortable. We don't know. Um, so that is is another possibility. Or, it, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's impossible to really make a yeah. an accurate uh recommendation without obviously knowing more about the situation uh, assuming it's real of yeah. course so if it's not real brilliant bit of comedy and we love it so once again <laughs> a very well thought out um argument from justin there so yep yep yep, yep. 
Here's my thing. First of all, I'm again going on the assumption that you guys know each other and you are very, very close friends. If if it's making you uncomfortable, 100% they're doing it because it's making you uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just know my friend group and my sense of humor. <laughs> that is exactly what I would do. And I think the quote, can't stifle the beef, is just fucking outstanding. So I think, honestly, that quote probably is where I would say that they are definitely a close group of friends because that is some, that's the kind of thing we would say to each other. Oh, 100%. So here's my advice for this GM. <laughs> Get different friends. No, no. <laughs> See, my advice is make it uncomfortable for them. So ah yes. So in this group of friends, which you know, and even you know, in any table, you you will get to know the people you're mm -hmm. playing with. But if you're a group of friends, it's even better because you yes. will know what people's quirks are. You will know what makes them tick. So what you first need to do is identify one of the players who is probably the most alpha male out of them all, and that is going to be your target. That mm -hmm. is the one that you're going to target. So what you do then is you just treat them slightly differently to the rest of the party. And you mm. do that by lingering a tiny bit with them. <laughs> Maybe like not looking and not looking them in the eye, just looking a bit <laughs> south of the chin. Area. <laughs> and when you, when you interact with them, it could be like, hey, Scott, roll for initiative. Justin, roll for initiative. And then you go to the next player and you just make that one player slightly uncomfortable. Make them actually kind of start thinking, wait, is is there something that that is actually going <laughs> on here? Because they'll notice it, especially if you do it subtly enough. Oh yeah. If you do it, if you do it very overt, it's clearly a piss take, but if you do it just subtly enough. You know, it'll give them the hint and they'll kind of go, wait, is, is, am I taking this joke too far? <laughs> and then the rest of the players will see that as well. Guaranteed, after one session, they've all got their shirts back on. Or the, you know, the lingering is reciprocated. Brand new love story. Win-win. Exactly, win-win. <laughs> so... There you've got two very contrasting answers. <laughs> Justin, clearly the sensible one out of the two of us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if that's a mantle I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just say the more sensible one in this precise moment. Fair? I don't know if I want that one either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can't call you the grown-up. I'm older than you <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's go with the the one thinking logically. Let's go yeah, with that. Okay, I, can wear, yeah. I can wear that mantle. I'll wear that mantle. All right. You are the spot to my... Kirk. That's the one. <laughs> you know, I'm the huge Star Trek fan I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we've got time for, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you ever so much for tuning in once again. Um, if you want us to answer your questions, please get in touch with us. We've got a form 
that will mm-hmm. be in the description for this very podcast. You can yes. also email them to questions at too legit to crit dot UK. Mm-hmm. It is now live. Um, yeah, just send us the stuff that we can talk about. And, you know, some of them we may answer sensibly and logically like Justin, or some of them we just may go completely off the rails. Like someone else. <laughs> like, yeah, someone else that shall not be mentioned. Nope. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you, Justin, for joining me once again. Thank you no to worries. everyone who listened. Um, yes. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.